The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. What is the difference between resurrection life and eternal life? Should these terms be used interchangeably? And why do we need to be transformed? You have tuned in to Grace in Focus. This is the radio broadcast and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. We're glad you're with us today. If you want to know more about the Grace Evangelical Society, find us at our website, faithalone.org. We have a bi-monthly magazine called Grace in Focus with a free subscription, and you can find out more about that also at faithalone.org. Now with today's question and answer discussion, here are Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates. Welcome back to Grace and Focus. Ken, I think you have a question from Ruth. She would like us to discuss or define the difference between two phrases, eternal life and resurrection life. Okay, now I'm a a little confused because everlasting life or eternal life, that occurs a lot in the Gospel of John and in the New Testament. But the expression resurrection life occurs not a single time in the Bible, Old or New Testament. There is like resurrection of life, right? There is the resurrection of life, and there are references like Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. But you said, and I think you're right, that what she means is something along the lines of living out the resurrection life of Christ, living out the uh, power of his resurrection. Is that what you take resurrection life to mean? That's what I take Ruth to mean here. And Ruth, if we're wrong, let us know. Write us back and say, no, that's not what I meant. But when I read this question, when I see resurrection life, what I think of is the resurrected life of Christ. Going through us. Yes, him living through us. Like Galatians 2.20. Right. And there are verses that speak of that. You mentioned one, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ no longer. I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. And then you also have Romans 5.10. Right. We shall be saved by his life. By his life, which is his in light of the fact that this is introducing the sanctification section in Romans, this isn't salvation from hell. All the way through Romans, the salvation is from God's wrath in this life. And it's saying we'll be saved from wrath through his resurrection life. Right. And we would say there in Romans, from the power of sin, we no longer have to be slaves of sin because he lives through us. And to the degree that he lives through us, we're not serving well, that's, that's Romans 6, right? right? We're not to be slaves of sin. We're to yield our members as slaves of righteousness. And also Philippians 3.11, isn't that the one? Yeah, about, that's going to be an interesting one. Then right? I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Right. And so we're going to assume that this is what the question is referring to. Okay. So what is the difference between eternal life and, oh, let's word it a little bit, living the resurrection life? All or right. Something. So... Everlasting life, except for three passages where it's a possible future reward. Where it talks about reaping. Yeah, and in those passages, that is fullness of everlasting life. But in all other places, everlasting life is a present possession of the believer. For example, John 3.16, whoever believes in him will not perish but has everlasting life. For John 6.47, he who believes in me has everlasting life. For John 5.24... He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life, shall not come into judgment, but is passed from from death into 
life into everlasting life. So everlasting life is the life of God. Jesus is called everlasting life in 1 John 1, 2, and in 1 John 5, 21. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life in John eleven twenty six. In John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus himself is everlasting life. We are not everlasting life, but we have it. We have his life in us. And so everlasting life is a life that is full of potential. It's a life that we can live fully and glorify God fully. And it's not automatic that a person with everlasting life is living consistently with that life. But at the same time, it is eternal and can never be lost. It's something that they possess, even if they do not experience it fully or reap it in those three cases there as well. Right. And in 1 Corinthians 3, 3 and 4, Paul says, you're carnal, you're baby Christians living like mere men or like natural men, like unbelievers. And so it's possible for someone with everlasting life to live like someone who doesn't have everlasting life. That should not be, but unfortunately it is sometimes the case. And so that's what everlasting life is. It's the life of God, which is capable of fullness of life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And when we get, John to, 10, 10. And when we get to this phrase, then it's connected. Then, then what is, in Ruth's words, resurrection life. I think that's life more abundantly. Yes. I think that's experiencing the life of Christ the way God intends it to be. And by the way, there seems to be a teaching throughout the New Testament that the more we see Jesus, the more we experience his resurrection life, his everlasting life, his fullness of life. Please plan to join us at Camp Copus in Denton, Texas. The Grace Evangelical Society's 2024 National Conference is May the 20th through the 23rd. Good fun, wonderful fellowship, recreational opportunities for the younger ones and the older ones, great teaching on the theme of free grace in the epistles of Peter. There's VBS for kids, too. More information and online registration now at faithalone.org slash events. That's faithalone.org slash events. Please come and join us. There seems to be a teaching throughout the New Testament that the more we see Jesus, the more we experience his resurrection life, his everlasting life, his fullness of life. For example, 1 John 3, 2, when he appears, then we will be like him for we will see him as he is. Or 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image by the work of the Spirit. Seeing Jesus in Scripture has a transformative impact on us. So I think this resurrection life is the result of seeing He who is everlasting life. And would you say it's also the result, would you word it this way, of him living through us. Yes. Through the Holy Spirit, which is what? Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. Yeah. Right? And I don't buy the idea that this is somehow let go and let God or don't try and rely, even though I think there is some truth in the exchange life approach or the Kessig theology approach. I think it's more like we are seeing Jesus and God uses that to change our minds Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. As my mind is renewed, my life is transformed. And that same thing in 2 Corinthians three eighteen, 
Remember Jesus said, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Right. John seventeen seventeen. So this resurrection life is the life of Jesus living through us. And when Paul says in Philippians 3.11, he wants to attain to the resurrection of the dead. Or out of the dead, right? Yeah, it's actually exonostasis. So it could be the out-resurrection. But this is saying he's striving in this life to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, experiencing the power of his resurrection. And so when he refers to it as there in Philippians 3.11 as the out resurrection from the dead. Would Zane have said, or would you say the dead there is what the deadness of the flesh, the deadness of this body that I live in this body of death was Paul says in Romans, who will deliver me from this body of death? Christ living through me is this kind of resurrection life. Uh, Maybe, but I think it's more like there's a day coming when I'm going to be raised and I'm going to be like Christ. And there's a degree to which I can attain that now. Now, Paul does say, not that I've arrived, but I press on toward this goal. So he's he's saying, look, we don't fully attain this. Right. But it seems to me what he's saying is if we live in light of our future bodily resurrection, that in turn means that we are experiencing this resurrection life now. It's not a perfect experience. As long as we're in the flesh. As long as we're in the flesh. But we can be more and more like Christ. Some people have quipped, we can't be sinless, but we can sin less and less and less. Yeah, if if I could summarize for Ruth what we're saying here, and tell me if you think this is a good way to word it. When we just say, what is this distinction between eternal life and her words, resurrection life or the resurrection of life, it would be this. Every believer has eternal life. Correct. But they can live the resurrected life, the resurrected life of Christ living through us so that we have victory over the flesh, over the power of sin. We're never going to reach it perfectly. But the resurrected life is these verses that we've talked about, Galatians 2.20, Christ living through me, Romans 5.10, we are saved by his life because he is risen from the dead and now he lives through us, as well as Philippians 3.11, this resurrection out of the dead. I agree. I like that. And I would even point to 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 11, which ends with 9, 10, 11 about the judgment seat of Christ. Mm -hmm. But before that, he talks about we're in these fallen bodies, these decaying bodies. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 2 and 4, he says, we who are in these bodies groan. We're groaning as we anticipate and desire the future resurrection of our bodies and the time in which we put off these fleshly inclinations and we will be wholly righteous. We will sin no more. And so it seems to me that Second Corinthians 5, 1 through 8, basically is talking about what Ruth calls the resurrection life. And remember he says in verse 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. Right. Well, if you go back to chapter 4 and verse 18, we know the kingdom is coming. We know that the world around us is going to be transformed, but we don't see that now. So we walk by faith in what is to come, 
not by what we see. And the same thing is true with our bodies. We're getting older, we're decaying, we have more aches and pains. The more we mature in Christ, the more we realize we fall short of the glory of God, right? And it's I've, not like when you've been a believer for 50 years, suddenly you don't sin anymore. It's no, you're more attuned to your sin than you were when you were a new believer. And another verse that I like is in Romans eight thirteen: for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. And he's talking to believers here. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So didn't Paul say in Romans 8, 6 that right. to be carnally minded is life? No, death. It, well, 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 yeah, carnally minded, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, to be spiritually to minded is life and peace. And that life there is probably what the resurrected Bruce life. is asking about the resurrected right. life. Right, and 8.13 too as well, that if you walk by the Spirit you will produce life. Amen. And that's a resurrected life. Yes. Great question, Ruth. I hope we answered the right question. But <laughs> even if that's not what you meant, it led we enjoyed focus. it anyway. Thanks for the question. And in the meantime, keep grace, grace in focus. We would love to know where you are when you are listening to us. Please take a short minute to send us the call letters of this station and the city where you are listening and how many times a week you listen. Thank you. You will be helping us with our stewardship. Send it to radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. We are so thankful for our financial partners who keep us on the air. Every gift is tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can give, go to faithalone.org. On the next episode, what about irresistible grace? Does God actually call all people to himself? Please join us, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.